I'm Damian Bulwa. Today on Fifth and Mission, big complications in the fight against the coronavirus in California. As the United States was approaching 400,000 deaths to COVID-19 on Monday, a new variant was spreading in California that could make things even worse. Meanwhile, we're learning that several healthcare workers suffered serious allergic reactions linked to one batch of vaccines that were given out at a mass inoculation site in San Diego. To talk about the latest, I'm joined by Chronicle Health reporters Kat Ho and Aaron Alday. Thanks for joining me, guys. Thanks for having us, Damien. Hello. So I want to start with this variant. You know, we're talking about this as there is some good news with the spread leveling off in California, but healthcare workers, as you write, are bracing for impact from this new variant. What do we know about it? So this new variant, um, which we're affectionately calling L452R, um, and I can tell you a little bit about that name if you like, but um, the new variant was, it kind of came up out of nowhere. It came up very suddenly. Um, it it was first identified back in March, technically, in Denmark, of all places, and then would kind of pop up here or there around the world. But basically, in, in December, it, it kind of all of a sudden took hold of uh, of California. And according at least to these researchers at UCSF who do regular sort of genetic sequencing of, of our strains of virus that are circulating in California, they found that from the samples they looked at, it, this variant made up less than 5% of all samples uh, in early December and by early January was making up 25% of all samples. So that's, I mean, you know, one in four samples, that's a really remarkable jump. And that shows us, um, you know, that this this new variant appears to be, you know, circulating regularly here in the Bay Area. Um, and that that alone, just that jump is sort of a red flag. It makes you think, well, why did this thing kind of explode out of nowhere um the first the first thought does that mean it's more contagious well that's the first thought that comes to mind you know you think you see it increase that much and you think well is it because it's spreading more easily it's more contagious um you know and that's that's certainly what they're concerned about they do need to do research we don't know that for sure there could be other reasons why it would explode that quickly um the fact that this this virus this variant appeared in the middle of a surge it may just have kind of gotten carried on that wave right like it may just be that it we had an isolated case or two come up and it just struck at exactly the wrong place at the wrong time and then blew up from there. So it may not be that it's actually more infectious. It may just be a timing issue, but it certainly is cause for concern. All right. A more basic question, Aaron, what is a variant? So a variant is, it's kind of like a, um, a descendant of the original um, virus that was identified. So the way these viruses, these coronaviruses work is every time they reproduce in our bodies, um, in the community, when they get passed from person to person, there's this chance for them to mutate. They just, their, their, their DNA, they're, they're kind of what they use to replicate. It mutates all the time, um, much more often than we humans do. So they mutate pretty often. Um, and when you get enough mutations um, in one kind of strand of this virus that it starts kind of behaving or looking a little differently, then we call that a variant. Um, and a lot of times it's sort of the way it behaves and the way it looks is pretty neutral. It doesn't really have an effect pro or con. Um, sometimes it can make it less likely to spread. Sometimes these, you know, collection of mutations can make it uh, more or less um 
um, virulent, meaning it causes more or less serious illness, right? So you can make it so it becomes, I mean, it could mutate so it becomes more like a common cold, or it could mutate so it becomes way deadlier. Um, these are all possibilities. Um, and what we're, you know, seeing, what we're fearing with this variant is that it's it's mutated in such a way that it it actually is, it it's stickier, it's more easy to spread and infect more people. And do we know whether this variant is more serious or causes more harm? Right now, it doesn't seem to be the case. Um, we don't. We certainly don't have any evidence that it causes more serious illness, but that is definitely something that that they're looking at these uh, these scientists in the laboratory. Yeah, I had had um, early on in the pandemic read some experts saying that sometimes if something is more contagious and less serious, it might spread spread more because. If it's not laying you up, if it's not making you very sick, you might be out there spreading it more. Is that is that a possibility? That's exactly right. I mean, that's why we have, you know, asymptomatic transmission has been such a problem with this virus is all these asymptomatic cases that don't know they're sick, just kind of going about their business, infecting everyone without being aware of it. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely I mean, the the plus side is if it gets to be really less serious and less deadly, then we don't have to worry about it as much. Right. Like. Maybe it gets to the point where it's hardly deadly at all. And then, like I said, it just becomes like a common cold. But, you know, we're definitely not at that place. I mean, that would be a, a great thing to happen. But we're we're not looking at that with this with this variant. All right, Kat, I want to go over to you. You've been writing about this problem with vaccine doses with a batch of doses uh, that cropped up down in San Diego. What happened? Yeah. So last week um, there were six healthcare workers who were all getting vaccinated at um, one of the sites, the mass vaccination sites that opened up in Southern California. Uh, this one was in San Diego. And it was kind of unusual because, um, you know, it's, it's number one, very rare to have a severe allergic reaction to this vaccine. Uh, and number two, because they were all happening in a cluster. Um, so this, this batch of vaccines has actually been sent all across the the state. So a bunch of providers have them. They Some have been using them. Um, and the only cluster that we're aware of, of these allergic reactions happened at this one San Diego site. Yeah, Petco Park, right? Right. Okay, so do we know the conditions of these people? So there were six of them and they were all treated. Um, we're not exactly sure what exactly the reaction was, but, um, you know, typically when you're talking about uh, severe reactions to vaccines, it could be, you know, hives, rash, could be difficulty breathing. Um, these people were treated by medical personnel and um, they're, we think they're okay now. And again, Kat, a basic question for you that I think a lot of people will wonder is, are the batches different from each other? And, you know, is it, are the ingredients different? Am I taking a different vaccine, even if I'm getting the Moderna vaccine from someone else who's getting a different batch? Well, the batches should be, um, should be the same. But, uh, you know, we spoke to some infectious disease experts today about this. And apparently there can be some variation batch to batch. There could be, and we don't know if yet that this is the cause of the allergic reactions in San Diego, but it could be that, you know, one batch has more of one particular ingredient and that ingredient is what triggered this reaction in these six people. Um, the NIH prior to this incident had been looking into um, one particular component in the vaccines. Um, it's called PEG, P-E-G. And they were looking at that because that's, that's a new ingredient in vaccines. And the reason it's used in the coronavirus vaccines is because it helps keep the genetic material stable. Um, so they, 
they've been trying to figure out if that ingredient is um, what's leading to these allergic reactions. All right, let's take a quick break. We're going to have more with Kat Ho and Aaron Alday right after this. You can support Fifth and Mission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited Chronicle access at sfchronicle.com slash pod. Welcome back to Fifth and Mission. I'm Damian Bulwa. I'm joined by Chronicle Health reporters Kat Ho and Aaron Alday. We're talking about the latest developments in the pandemic in California. Now, Kat, I want to return to you. You talked about these serious allergic reactions that happened at Petco Park with just a handful of healthcare workers who got the vaccine. So what do we know about how where this batch went? Uh, where else these these doses went? What are they doing with those doses? Are they keeping them? Are they throwing them out? And how are they following up on on the reactions? So these doses went to um, over 200 locations all across the state. And these were a lot of doses. This was over 300,000 doses, which if you think about the amount of doses here in California right now, um, that's a, a good chunk of them. So they aren't throwing them out yet. Um, so they're kind of keeping them in storage until the FDA and the manufacturer and the state can figure out what exactly happened um, with these allergic reactions. The doses, um, I mean, I guess best case scenario is we kind of resolve this issue and those doses get put back in play um, uh, pretty soon. But um, they do expire in July, so we're going to have to use them by July or not use them at all. Um, so for now, they're they're in cold storage. Okay. In case maybe they find out something that was, what, perhaps particular to the Petco Park site? Yeah, or particular to this batch. Okay. And is it is it a chance it's a statistical anomaly, or do you just, you don't see a cluster like this usually? Well, it... I suppose it could be. Um, you know, most of the vaccines, if you just look at the numbers, are being sent, a lot more are being sent to Southern California now than Northern California. So it could just be that there were a lot more people getting vaccinated um, in Southern California right now. But but it is kind of strange that all that all of them happen kind of in in one time period, you know, such a short time period on one day um, or, or over a couple of days. So... Yeah, I, it, it's a bit of a mystery right now, but uh, I hopefully we'll find out a little bit more later this week. The state has said uh, they hope to share some more info soon. Okay, and we ha- have we seen any other clusters like this around the state? No, there haven't been uh, any reported, uh, at least not linked to this particular batch, and I haven't heard of any uh, others from other batches. Okay. I For both of you, in a larger sense, is there anything for people to be worried about or can we sort of take heart in that this was a very particular place, one batch, one site? Well, I think until we know more, it's it's hard to say. You know, you know, I do think um, people should take comfort in the fact that uh, these allergic reactions, even when they do happen, are very treatable um, and that vaccination sites are all, they've been briefed um, on how to treat this. Um, you know, everyone who gets the vaccine is supposed to stay uh, 15 to 30 minutes afterward to be observed for this like specific reason. It's to make sure that if you have an allergic reaction that you can get treated right away. So in a larger sense, given that this is one location, one batch, one period of time, a group of, of workers, 
Is there any reason to have larger fears about taking the vaccine? Well, the the vaccines, you know, based on all the evidence we've seen so far, are safe and they are effective. And um, the kind of allergic reactions that were reported over the weekend um, are extremely rare um, based on the data that's come out of clinical trials um, for at least one of these vaccines. So I do think the public can be assured that, uh, you know, if they have an appointment to get a vaccine, uh, they probably shouldn't cancel that after hearing about this. Um, it's it is safe. Okay. And I mean, gotcha. for my end, I think I'm really reassured, as Kat pointed out, that they responded to these. I mean, we haven't had any deaths. They responded to these allergies, um, followed their protocols, and we seem to have you know fine outcomes from from all these cases. All right, they're taking it very seriously. So speaking of that larger question, Aaron, I've asked you on many, many podcasts so far where we are at with lockdowns, with shelter in place, given all that's going on with the vaccine being administered. But now this new variant, are we any closer? Uh, Is the leveling out of the cases getting us closer? The short answer is is we are definitely seeing a leveling out of these cases. Um, I think we may have even reached a peak. I'm a little hesitant to say that because um, that would be so great. But um, it may be that, that we peaked in the surge and that we are going to see sort of a plateauing and, and, a, and a slow kind of um, decrease in cases. But, you know, that being said, these you know, the vaccination rollout, these variants, um, there's a lot that's kind of thrown into the mix just recently that, you know, it makes it, it it makes things tough. Like it makes it feel like we're going to be at this for a while. Um, you know, folks, folks are starting to public health folks, um, um, and infectious disease experts are, are wondering if these variants, um, you know, this, this new one that we talked about, um, certainly there's this UK variant that we know is for a fact is more infectious. If that one kind of gets a foothold, foothold here in California, which, which the CDC has said is likely to happen, um, you know, if we get one of these variants kind of spreading around that that makes um, transmission that much easier, we could see another fresh surge, right? Like that could mean that we see widespread disease transmission again. Um, we see the hospitalizations creep up, like we kind of end up right back where we were. You know, one of the things that folks are really concerned about is we've never gotten um, our cases in California down to a manageable level. Um, so we're even though we're seeing a decline right now, we're still reporting 40,000 cases a day new cases a day. Like that is so much infection that's happening out there. And each of those cases represents, you know, a possibility for a new variant to spin out, right? It represents potentially more spread of the variants that are already here. Um, so this sort of becomes this, this exponential numbers problem where it kind of can quickly spiral kind of back out of our control again. Um, and I think that that's something that that folks are, are worried about. And you know, I know we're all really eager to see our stay home orders lifted or eased up a little bit. I mean, I badly want a haircut. <laughs> you know, a lot of folks are like really, really eager to go out and, and eat outside again. Um, but I just don't know, you know, when we're looking at that happening, even even that kind of near term forecast is really hard to to think about. And is there any indication as we talk about the variants that that they might elude the vaccine, that one of them might not be taken care of by the vaccine? That's definitely a concern. So the UK variant, we feel pretty confident um, that the vaccines will cover it. Um, They've done a lot of research on that, and that seems to be not an issue. Um, We just don't know about this new variant in California, this L452R. Um, The... The problem is that one of the mutations that we've seen in that variant affects this this so-called spike protein that is key for for in, causing infection, 
Um, but it's also kind of a key target of our vaccines. So the worry is that that could interfere with the vaccine's um, ability to kind of be effective against this variant. Um, again, it's super premature. We don't know. They're, they're doing that laboratory work and that um, epidemiological work right now to make those determinations. And even if it does kind of evade the vaccine somewhat, it probably doesn't make them totally ineffective. And the other plus side is actually these vaccines are designed to be tweaked very quickly so that they can respond to any new variants. But the point is, you know, the last thing any of us wants are are more complications, more chaos at this point. So I think we're all really hoping that that this variant will respond to the vaccines. And, you know, there's there's a good chance that 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 will be the case. All right, Aaron, at the top of the show, you had hinted that you might be telling us what L452R stands for. And I feel like the listeners are probably on the edge of their seat waiting for that. Yeah. And now I feel like kind of a tease because I, I, the, the name, I mean, the name refers to basically a specific mutation on the spike protein. So what this, this variant has, I think they've identified five mutations in this variant. And so that's five different places on the virus where it's mutated and is now kind of a different, um, a different virus than, than the one that's currently circulating. So this L452R is a very, very specific mutation on that that's on the spike protein. I say I'm kind of a tease because I don't actually know like what L, I should know what L stands for and what R stands for, but I don't offhand know the exact kind of protein. So I can't, I can't tell you with that specific specificity, but, um, but I can tell you that it, it's referring to a very specific mutation. Um, and that's where it gets its name. All right. Well, maybe next time on fifth and mission, we may learn the answer, the full answer <laughs> to that question. Well, thanks guys. Thanks for joining me again, as always. Thanks a lot. Dan. Thanks. Thanks to my guests today, Chronicle Health reporters Aaron Alday and Kat Ho, to King Kaufman for producing this episode, and thank you for listening.